0: Hello and welcome to When Will It End. It's the movie podcast where we watch the movies. We start with Die Hard. We then venture to Die Harder and Die Hard 2. Then with a vengeance, baby, we're back for three. And hold on, what's that? Live free or die hard? You better believe we did watch that movie. How many, I'm Josh.
1: How many Americans, I'm Charles, do you think know that that's the uh, slogan? Slogan? Is that what states have? Just... Motto. Motto. That's right. Motto. The The Granite State's motto. They used to have that 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 man in the mountains. Were you were you alive? Yeah, you were definitely alive. Were you aware? I don't know how culturally I'm from Maine. I feel like Maine Maine and New Hampshire have a thing more than New Hampshire and Massachusetts have a thing. Okay,
0: well famously for the non-New Englanders listening, New Hampshire is the most off the grid of any state in our part of the world. Like I have a much more uh, a much stronger relationship with Maine, even though it's farther away, than I do with New Hampshire, because New Hampshire doesn't really have any urban centers, doesn't really have a lot of marquee cultural drawing. What's Are you, what is, are you John <laughs> McLeaning over there? Are you crawling I, uh,
1: Hey, man, I, once I'm in the basement, I'm in the basement, okay? I'm not going upstairs for anything, but something... Charles, don't you mean your command center? I'm Kevin. Oh, my God, the funniest thing was that... Um, uh, Bruce Willis thought Kevin Smith was too funny to be in a Die Hard movie. Yeah. Do you, how much do you th- how much violence do you think he threatened Kevin Smith?
0: F- yeah. For the record, it's very apparent how checked in Bruce Willis was for the production of F- Free Her Die Hard. Um, but no, just to finish this off, uh, New Hampshire is sort of a world unto itself. It, it's it's a mysterious place, and yes, it, it suffered one of the most uh, bizarre indignities of an American state, where its state icon. The stony, the craggy, stony-faced old man from a mountainside literally disintegrated.
1: <laughs> People watched like went and watched and wept, and just like their whole, like the the state. If you've ever driven in New Hampshire, the state highway signs like have been rather than being in, like a circle, it's in a man-shaped mountain face, and now it's just like. Zoomers are probably like, why the fuck do we have this weird old Gandalf for our for our numbering system on our roads?
0: Well, my, my my sympathy is limited because when you go all in on something that like inevitably, like certainly, if we know one thing about entropy and the inexorable march of time, will definitely Josh, fall apart. It's like, a mountain. We're, we're the Bay State. They, like we're gonna have even if the no, water levels rise no. inevitably, we'll still have water on the edge of Massachusetts. Yeah, but that's not what a bay is. A bay
1: is a very specific. Okay. Like, I would say, if I were choosing, if I were, like, owned a state, as they do, and I was like, I'm going to choose something that will be around longer than anything, I would choose the mountain. And I guess I would have been wrong. But, like, you know, rising sea levels, fires, all these things, earthquakes, I feel like the mountain is the symbol of longevity, is a symbol of strength, it's a symbol of everything bigger than than human, and it will be. It will, but, it's, but
0: but isn't isn't the hubris you're displaying like you're projecting your sense, your existential nightmare of smallness that is to be alive and and to flail about as a human and pretend that we have free will? You're saying, oh, what could be bigger than a mountain? To God, a mountain is not but a pebble, Charles.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a lot time, of time
0: to father time, not to gender time, but to father time, a man. A mountain is one more thing to grind down over the millennia. Grind, 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 grind. Sounds like my (laughs) ex-wife. Charles, you (laughs) slay me with your jokes. Who are you? Uh, Famous uh, divorced man, John McLean? John McTiernan? Not sure if we can
1: still tell them apart.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to digest that, you're to, you're I'm saying just saying, that at some point you oh you're saying just based on their personalities as being uh, v- violent drunk uh unmarriable men
1: yeah yeah i mean obviously john mctiernan is unmarriable though i guess he's he's still married right even after his sad year in prison and then he gets his safe return to wyoming which i guess i don't even know how he sells a house i thought he f- had to lose everything to bankruptcy
0: Look, we're not here to debate bankruptcy law or get into the minutia of Die Hard and Die Hard 3 director John McTiernan's life. We're here to talk about Len Wiseman's Live Free or Die Hard, the year 2007, the span of time since the third movie, 12 years. That is crazy. What happened between 1995 and 2007? Well, friend, lean back. I'll tell you. (sighs) For one, 9-11. For two, we're talking Fast and the Furious kicks off. Batman Begins is released. The Matrix trilogy is released. Michael Bay comes into his own. Just at this, like, chasm of cultural development in the realm of the action movie happens that seems, like, unbridgeable. Like, when I really put this in a historical context, I was like – I mean, one, they go – they they go they make a fascinating decision where they go from McTiernan in 3 you know bring in the old hand to stay the ship to Len Wiseman who this is his third movie he directed the first two underworld movies right. which you know let's be real here uh I don't mind the underworld movies but they're a kind of slick CGI so it's just a big change in pace from McTiernan and what we get in Live Free or Die Hard is an unfortunately dated uh, weirdly nasty movie that I liked less and less as I watched it yeah
1: I mean it is I mean Len was a, I think a good choice in some ways I mean the Underworld series was big right I, I I saw that in theaters and I don't like vampire shit
0: well I mean you have the inimitable Kate Beckinsdale who's great Um, but the thing is that two, Underworld 2003 that's literally like you know the matrix plus vampires at that point you know Great. that's how set in stone that cultural form is of like okay it's like you know these alt looking gothed out latex people doing acrobatic gun tricks and everything is blue and green or, or like washed out if, and yeah. by the way the look of <laughs> liftread Hard of washed out oxidized copper green is so fucking awful especially after two you know Yon Jan vivant Yon Jan vivant Vav- yan after two movies by that by that guy, or three movies by that, wait, you did the first two. Uh, I ba-ba? don't remember actually. Yamba Uh whatever. Those movies look great. This looks like absolute fucking dog ass. Like it looks terrible.
1: Yeah, and it's it's like you can't even blame it on CGI because I was I read a little bit of trivia was that in order to start competing with Transformers and all these like heavy CGI movies, Len and the gang were like let's do only practical effects or as much practical effects as possible. And it is weird to pull in the, the purple hazed underworld guy who is like sort of, I don't underworld was like a very early entry into CGI nonsense to get this guy. I don't know. Like, I think some of the practical effects worked in this movie, but it did look unappealing the entire time. I was like, it wasn't even as bad as two. And that is like a, a sprawling airport whereas like, it's supposed to be one big setting, but in turn it like, you can't actually keep track of two here. It's like, we're moving between cities. We're moving like it's takes place over multiple days. It's just like, this was not, we're not in the close confines that one and three had. We're just like so far removed from that world. I could like, this is the first time I'm like, yeah, John's here. And we're back to having a, a, a man hating drunken piece of shit or woman, sorry, woman hating drunken piece of shit as our main character. But other than that, like this is not a diehard movie.
0: Yeah. We we got to talk about the profound, incredibly vile sexism in the movie, which like is weird that the other movies seem chaste compared to how visceral and ugly the sexism is they even, in this one. They dragged in.
1: So I, I am a like Justin Long apologist, or a, if I were like given the choice to be friends with Justin Long, I probably would do so. And I know that in that situation, he, would also probably have to choose me but i don't know maybe i maybe i would just get to be his friend anyway i just like i like justin long i feel like most people don't like him he was known as the apple guy from that dumb commercial with john hodgman and i think people just like don't like him and watching this again it was like oh man this fucking sucks justin is like taken in as the new john mcclain he's like john mcclain beta
0: I wouldn't go that far. I don't think he comes close his to trying to match energy.
1: His first line of the movie is, hey, fucking beautiful voice there, sexy lady. Want to suck my cock? I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically how we are introduced to Justin's long character I know. Uh, I thought that
0: was the, the FBI agent. Oh, no, you're right. The very beginning. No, yeah, like sorry, he's on the computer bad. talking to a yeah, woman yeah, 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 on a yeah. microphone
1: and he's like, wow. And by the way. Your voice is you're getting me
0: heart, toots. Let me say that It was brave of them to tackle the issue of cyber warfare in 2007. Can you imagine what a hacker's life is like (laughs) and how crazy that must be?
1: This is based on the only real similar. There are a few similarities. Um, You texted me one about like a sidekick getting shot in the leg. One of the other ways that this is in the long line of diehard movies is that it is not it was not supposed to be a diehard movie and is based on a standalone piece of writing in this case a I tin- uh, i said
0: this in the last episode the title is the best title of all time well no
1: so that's the script that was based on um a like literally a like a 10 page article like in yeah it was in a 1997 article called a farewell to a farewell to arms written for wired magazine by john carlin
0: and that became worldwar dot com. 3com dot
1: com. Yeah, so which I'm just, is
0: fucking the be- like congratulations Oscar best source material ever. But
1: like you're 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 choosing to write a movie that is now not only 15 years after the last Die Hard movie, but 10 years after this like Wired piece about cyber criminals and shit. It's like well,
0: to be fair, a lot of my favorite movies are based on articles in Wired. Mulholland Drive.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Speed Racer.
1: Oh, yeah. I think I read that little short piece. It
0: was, a, it was actually a six-page uh, infographic spread, in The Economist became Speed Racer. So it wasn't wired? It wasn't wired? No, but I'm just, like magazine okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not talking about this pages. clicking on a link bullshit. I'm talking about holding a, you know, you're in the airport terminal, and you don't have a smartphone, and you're like, what do I do? And you're like, I guess I'll buy a magazine, you know, right. that shit.
1: Maybe I'll kill a fly with it later.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe you're not, God. oh, I'm Justin Long. I've got a Nokia. I'm the coolest guy in the world. Look at my Nokia. That is
1: like one thing I hope that will eventually, I don't know. Like we are in a, in a space now where smartphones are just like looking the same for 10 years. And it's nice to look at a movie from 2007 and see like the slidey flip shit that we used to have to deal with. Like, oh, I got the one of the cool ones that slid instead of unfolded.
0: Well it's just like it's my, my my bummer the big bummer about this movie is that obviously one and three are dated in ways that are too obvious to point out. They're at this point quite old movies. But the basic components of them do not feel shackled to that time period.
1: Right. No, that's that was actually amazing to watch three again. It's like, oh, this is like a pre nine eleven movie that Still feel – I don't know. There's, like, a charm to two where it's, like, look at all these funny things that are happening at an airport that three. would never – No, I'm saying – Oh, in, to two. Oh yeah. two like, oh, yeah. there's, like, none of this shit would happen anymore. It's quaint to see how, like, how crazy an airport was in, in 1990. But, like, three really – I mean, I it doesn't feel like it's, it's held in a certain time frame. I, I agree with you.
0: Right. And then with this one, it's, like, so trapped in 2007 jail. Yeah. And by the way, Willis was talking about the plot as early as 2005 – when it was called Die Hard Colon Reset. So, like, this, this was pretty old when it made it to theaters, or like, certainly so far from a bleeding edge that, like, you know, look, according to this, the original project, WorldWar3.com, who wrote, by the way, that guy, David Marconi, that script, wrote Enemy of the State, yeah. which we have to talk about briefly. The nerds in the van, in Enemy of the State, and I can never get over this, are Jack Black, Seth Green, and Jamie Kennedy which is the most Nerds in the Van casting of all time. It is peak Nerds in the Van. Wait. It has never been more Nerds in the Van than Jack Black, Jamie Kennedy, and Seth Green as the Nerds in the Van.
1: I'm, as I've said, I'm currently in the midst of season six of Buffy, where there are also three Nerds in a Van who maybe aren't as big. The the names aren't as big. I don't even know the actors' names. But those three boys, maybe they're the boy versions. Like, if they were to grow up, they would become the Jack Black, etc., etc. But... Those they're
0: are, they're not bad, but I'm saying you're at a certain caliber with Jamie Seth, and Jack that is I think will never get that. That was a high water mark in film. Can we
1: franchise that. Can we plead with whoever this guy is to write a sequel and then another sequel to the Enemy of the State, but it'd be like a spinoff with just those three boys in the van.
0: How about Enemyer of the Stater? I
1: like it. I don't know. We might need to okay or throw or some here's one. Around. Yeah,
0: State of the Enemy.
1: That's really good. See, that's better. Right, I that's already said that's better.
0: Okay, so basically, this project was stalled by nine eleven. So, like it, it limps to the finish line in theaters six years after nine eleven stalled it. So, I mean, well, we'd won the it, that's, war. That's, at That, that point. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But 2007, things are going pretty well in America. So I can see it's so fun to (laughs) see them talk about. Oh, imagine the stock market crashing because our whole thing is based on unintelligible bullshit propped up by lies and the fucking complete wholesale uh, fleecing of our country by the elite. Uh, That's really funny. And the fact that this movie is basically John McClane versus millennials, which is another element of it that sucks and is very annoying.
1: And it's, that's like the only part of this movie that's ahead of its time is to like sort of predict the 2010s boomer reaction to millennials where like the whole avocado toast thing and all this bullshit, like tossing the blame onto anyone but themselves for the state of the world. And it's true. Like that's, that is the problem is the first three, while he's a reprehensible, awful character, like that is his thing. It's not that he's like too old to understand what a phone is. It's that he has these, this belief system which will be not troubled and not changed by capitalism, the woman's movements, like all these things that are trying to change the world. He's going to be stuck there. It's not about fucking cell phones. It's not about driving a car that can't be found. Like, you know,
0: no, you're nailing it because like there's a romantic aspect to being reactionary, which is like the whole all the trad culture clowns online who are like. There's something, you know, you know, mythical and mystical about the old days when things were real. And to have the culture war level of this movie, which, again, goes back to feeling quite reactionary, be like, you don't like Credence yeah. Well they needle drop Fortunate Son? Which, like, look, I love Credence. I'm a human with ears and a heart. But, like, needle dropping Fortunate Son, certainly by 2007, that was already, like, one of the lamest conceivable needle drops, right? I mean, like, there's no way anyone was like... Isn't Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm trying to remember. I think, yeah, in Melvin and Howard, the Jonathan Demi classic, I think that's like the original needle drop is fucking Fortunate Son. I'm pretty sure. Like, And then, of course, you have fucking Forrest Gump. I'm just saying, give that song a fucking break.
1: Yeah. I, also, I don't even buy that John McClain likes Credence.
0: Yeah. He vibes like a Billy Joel Springsteen kind of right.
1: guy. Yeah. I don't. It, it just like. It's a tire ty- You didn't think it was because Len like doesn't really understand. And I don't know. It just like it seems exactly that. Like it. it was like, oh, let's just pull in a song that's been used a lot that an old man might like. Well, it's, that's
0: what I'm saying. It's so lazy. Like, it yeah, I like, think Johnny having, like, Cash.
1: Johnny Cash might have been. It's, big... it's,
0: it's like when your uncle gets you drunk. And he's like, let me play some real shit. And it's yeah. like Freebird, literally. And you're like, bro, like, I know I've heard Freebird. Um, Wait, let's get back to. You've heard Freebird? not going to boast, but I have heard the song Free Bird. Because I'm free. Free. Free Bird. He's free Bird. Because I'm free. He's Because I'm free. He's free. Free Bird. Okay, so uh, John McClane brutally murders Maylin, played by Maggie Q. And the first – not the first. One of the truly distracting things in this movie, did you catch the part where – she takes an SUV to the torso against yes, a concrete twice. wall and reacts to that much as though I had like sort of popped you on the shoulder like an old like, hey, buddy. Boop, I mean, not right now because of COVID. <laughs> but like she reacts to being having a car driven fault, a move that would liquefy her fucking rib cage and internal organs is treated like literally a, a slap on the wrist. It's it's so distracting.
1: I mean, so I've been, I've been watching more football this season. I'm in, I'm in my fantasy league. Josh, I got some good fantasy news update. Maybe I'll save it for the bonus episode. I don't know. I just want to say Drew Brees was hit by a man, <laughs> probably like a 300 less pound or so man. He broke all of his ribs and punctured his lung, out for weeks to play the game that he has paid lots of money to perform at. Maggie takes an SUV twice directly to the body. One of them against nothing, the
0: second one against another wall. We've talked about why two suck so much. We sure have. And it's because the stakes don't feel material. We don't really know where anyone is. At McLean's obviously invincible and brilliant. And this one's the same thing. Like like no there's no metric for how hard any anything from an SUV to a bullet wound might hurt yes. someone. So it's and- very confusing. So, and I think
1: that's what people were complaining about was like, oh, we're finally getting into superhero status with John McClane where the first one he's like, he's vulnerable and he wins, but he can bleed, he gets hurt. Like every every piece of damage is shown to us and we understand it. And I think by three, they're starting to lose that. It's not nearly as bad as in three, but like I was distracted by the fact that um, Zeus was shot in the leg and it's basically just, like, treated as a flesh loon, even though it, like, goes through his entire leg.
0: So, like, I know it's not... But that's better, right? You don't want the bullet in you. You know what I'm talking about? No,
1: I mean, I agree, but, like, he's, It still hurts. No he, question. He's shot in, like, you know, the hour 40 mark, and there's still another half an hour of the movie, and he just, like, sort of runs around for a long time after that. But
0: but here's the thing. We l- it's fun to watch that movie. Yes, you know. And no, it's I'm, so well made that it doesn't... So I'm saying you do get to cheat... If, if it's yes. not, like, distracting compared to this where it's like her body would have been severed in two on impact and she is still very much down to Kung Fu Karate fight. Anyways, by the time Bruce finally kills her, he then boasts about killing her and calls her a bitch and a, whore. And a hooker. Yeah. To Timothy, Timothy Oliphant, who, by the way, is a charming, delightful, winning, wonderful actor who apparently was ordered at gunpoint by Lynn Wiseman to <laughs> do not, not do be. anything in this movie. Yes. It's so fucking weird. I love Oliphant. Give me more Oliphant. This is a weirdly lifeless performance, especially after Jeremy Irons. My God. But yeah, like the weird, perverse, like the whole thing of like, they've got my daughter. I'm going to do fucking anything. It's like hey, you dumb fucking piece of shit, I killed that kung fu bitch a hole And you're like, who is this guy? This is like, this isn't, I don't want to root for this. Like in three, he's repellent, but he's obviously like trying to do the right thing. So it's sort of like, all right. And this one, it's so like, it's so much like, like Death Wish or something. Like it's so yeah. ugly that it's very hard to be remotely comfortable with anything happening.
1: Well, and I think that you just pointed to the biggest problem of this movie is that even two- which is a a soup. Like one of those, I don't know. I'm not much of a soup guy. I only need a soup that I can eat with a fork. That's my motto. Okay, don't argue with that. Uh, Two is a soup, but I understand the stakes, even if they're dumb. I understand the characters. I understand the motivations. It's just bad. Here it's like, okay, there's a fire sale. I don't quite know what that means. They sort of tell me, but I I ultimately don't really understand or care. There's multiple locations where the bad guys are trying to do something. which is also not very clear and it isn't until his daughter is kidnapped in the final 10 minutes of the movie that John actually has any sort of impetus to do anything other than kill people. Okay, well, okay. And that's the problem.
0: In one, Hans Gruber He's just a really good thief who thought of a brilliant ruse to successfully steal a shit ton of money and trick everybody. Three, his brother. Guess what? It's essentially the same thing, and we don't care because it's Jeremy Irons that fucking owns. And his plan is cool and interesting and weird, and we're delighted by it. And it makes sense because of the Simon Says structure. He goes from point to point with specific tasks. to specific yeah. task. We get it. Can and I interrupt one,
1: just briefly? Please. Yeah, I just, I'm sorry to talk about Star Wars, but I think. Oh God, no, I'm sorry, but we're go-
0: we're we're, we're going to have to talk about Star Wars in this episode inevitably.
1: Yeah. So I think
0: my like a big thing I have is like Return of the
1: Jedi is a remake of A New Hope. And it just like it brought back the the Death Star, brought back all this shit. Three is the perfect version of three remaking one where it's so like we're remaking one that it actually goes to a whole new place rather than just feeling like you're doing the same shit. That was my just little interlude. Right. That, OK. You know, so about Star Wars.
0: The thing about two that we hated was that the plot is convoluted. The bad guys have overlapping goals that at a certain point you're like I don't even get who what the point right. of any of this shit is. Who are
1: these and guys? Then, and
0: now we're back to like okay, cyber hacker guy in in uh his admittedly dope adbusters adjacent uh, montage of presidential speeches being like the government is bad and stupid. Ha ha. Did you see that, that
1: that took four took months, months took four
0: months. I, <laughs> I could did have you made see that this shit fucking in uh, Space Force. Yeah. Oh, my. You could make that this afternoon. Um, <laughs> Space Force tweeted the best thing of 2020 uh, this past week where Space Force was like, hey, everyone, it's uh, your boys over at Space Force. What up? We've spent a year, a year. A year researching and work and and doing public uh, outreach and working on it, and we've come up with a name for what we're going to call the the men and women of space force. Again, we spent a year <laughs> using scientists on this. Here is what we thought of, guys. You ready for this? Guardians, bro. Guardians. Wait,
1: what? How do Guardians, I sign up?
0: Dog. Look, we all loll, but sometimes we actually loll. And something about reading that was like, we spent a year, a year. The Department of Defense and Space Force, who will almost certainly not go to space in their lifetimes, spent a year to think of the first word of a Marvel movie. Yeah, like, that's America in a nutshell. We talk about fucking COVID relief. If you put a number on how much money Space Force spent on on, on fucking, you know, bringing together a brain trust to develop Guardians, it's probably tens of millions of dollars. Like, Probably. we just live in, in a psychotic criminal state run by the most, like, blatantly incompetent fucking kleptomaniac lunatics. It's awful. Anyways, of course, and now always sound like a millennial Justin Long, who's always full of these conspiracy theories, okay? Oh, yeah. Anyways,
1: He's full of so them.
0: So then the, the movie doesn't really sketch out what the fuck is up with Oliphant for some time. Then they pull a really cheap trick that I hate where they're like, it's Tom Gabriel. And they're like, oh, my God, Tom Gabriel. And it's not it's not interesting because the movie specific the script holds back information about him to deploy at a certain time. So it's not like a clever reveal. We're just like, wait, who the fuck is that? And it's like he built it for us and we didn't pay him enough. And now he's he's sort of a nationalist because he's helping the country by sh- pointing out that it has problems, but he's also robbing it to get like there's his his motivation makes no sense, and the movie is so uninvested in it that they throw in the cheapness of him beating and calling McLean's daughter a bitch like because because both it, you know it's just it's really sick and cynical, and I really hated it, and that's that's even more frustrating because I would say Mary Louise Park, uh, Mary Louise Parker. Oh, my God. I just... Uh, I'll just edit out, man. Don't worry about it. No, no, no. People need to hear I confuse two brunette white women with similar names and I need to be fucking canceled or held yeah, responsible roasted. for my crimes.
1: Sent to jail.
0: Ramona Flowers is awesome in this movie. She's basically good in every movie and we saw Gemini Man in theaters in 4D. So...
1: We sure did. Uh, um,
0: I- she's great. She's wasted in this movie because she's just literally beaten and called a bitch by Timothy Oliphant, which... I would like it to happen to me personally, but I don't think it works in this movie.
1: I think, I mean, she has the opening, her opening scene is maybe the only moment where she gets to just be like, fuck you, dad, fuck you. I don't even know this little boy that wants to fuck her. I'm going to bed alone. And like, it sucks. She's she's a very talented actor. I, I thought I saw her first in Scott Pilgrim, but I guess I must've seen her first in this. And I don't know, She she should be acting more. Not not saying that she's making bad choices, but like I want to see her in everything. I think she's brilliant. Okay, I,
0: I saw her first in Final Destination three because that's two thousand six. That's before even this. I never saw those. Are those? Oh, she was in Sky High. Wow, I, I that did not uh, register.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I this she, she didn't re- she hasn't registered for me since. I don't know. Maybe there's those actor moments where it isn't until them that you sort of know who they are in a way that like really cements them as a person that you like sort of understand or, or know at that point. But yeah, Scott Pilgrim was maybe that moment for me. I think Justin Long moment was, like well, I guess I already mentioned the Apple commercials, but I really think he came through for me. And uh, was that the Sam Raimi movie about a, a, a one-eyed? Oh,
0: uh, uh, drag me to hell.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really liked him in that. And I actually think that's my favorite Sam Raimi movie.
0: Well, I like uh, – I mean, we. I can't even dig into that. That's an interesting conversation. I like Justin Long, but just to remember where we're at with this, he's filling in the sidekick role that Sam Jackson yes. just played. And that is like – it's really hard to go from the character Zeus, who's one of the best characters in the franchise, and one of the best performances in the franchise, to Justin Long doing a Justin Long thing. That's rough.
1: It sucks. And it's, it's not even that. He like – He becomes Powell. Like, I I don't know if we want to jump to the end of the movie, but I'm gonna. Like, the end of the movie is Justin, hacker boy, learning how to murder somebody with a gun. Right. Like, it's even more perverse than... Because at least in the first one, Powell's, like, already a fucking piece of shit police officer that's already noticed. murdered
0: a child and was relegated to desk duty as opposed to being, I don't know, uh, prosecuted for child murder.
1: Uh, yeah, so it, like he already sucked, and he just like learned how to suck again. This is about like John McClane so furiously infiltrating man that a boy that would refuse any form of violence, whatever the stakes, murders someone to maybe go on a date with John McClane's daughter. Like, that's basically the vibe you get at the end of the movie, right? It's like, hey, you're cute. Want to go grab some coffee?
0: Oh, God, yeah, it sucks. It's so annoying. Ugh. Yeah, th- this is a really frustrating movie. Here's the thing. Some of the set pieces are great and I really like. I think the car blowing up the helicopter, works. I think, objectively kicks ass. It that's always worked. Awesome. It worked
1: from the beginning. And that's like the moment, that's a moment of superhero in this movie that works. Like, that's the kind of shit, I think the maybe the fighting on a jet at the end gets a little bit silly. Maybe just because of the CGI.
0: I forgot how absolutely batshit that sequence is, and it is like it, that's like full birdemic. Honestly, <laughs> like I don't I don't know a lot yeah. about fighter jets, but I'm pretty sure one they wouldn't open fire on 95 South. That's that seems a bit much. Uh, also, I don't think they can like fly and hover under no, they an can. overpass. They and, can.
1: I read some more trivia about this movie, and that was like this. Actually, this movie was came out. Before this jet was in production, but they use this like F-35 fighter jet, which has the capability of hovering. So that's accurate.
0: Okay, that's uh, that's pretty wild. It's pretty scary. All right. Too. So, I take it, I, it back. I was being too cynical. I guess that can happen. I got, I'm just a rube. I'm a regular John McLean. I'm looking at this technology. I'm like, how's it work, though?
1: I like that your main arguments against this was... Not a lone old man jumping on top of a flying machine and then killing it with his bare hands, but that that it wouldn't fire on a a highway and that it might not be able to work quite yet.
0: The government usually only carries out uh, killing like, uh, you know, drone or or missile based attacks on non white people or Muslims, so just to indiscriminately to open fire on a highway in Maryland, even for the United States government seems to be out of character
1: well, I mean, I think that's something that you they can just do is they can say that oh that highway is is uh, you can say it's like a covered in you know insert person that you want to destroy there or made out of like that's oh that's a that's a Muslim highway you know, and just blow that up mm. it's the equivalent of like oh it's 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 paved with millions of copies of the Quran, mm. set that on fire. Yeah, yeah, They just you can just tell the little man in the plane, and they will be fooled, and you can get them to kill right. anything.
0: And then you could open up an investigation as to why we hadn't bombed the Quran Highway earlier, the before of that incident,
1: you know? Well, I, maybe we didn't know about it yet. I don't know.
0: It raises a lot of questions. It sure does. Okay, so I, I want to talk about some behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, wait, wait,
1: before you do, you you led me to a place where... You're talking about set pieces, you're talking about the thing that worked in this movie was some of the action sequences, and for me, the thing that the only thing that worked from start to finish was Cyril Raffaele as parkour man, who is f-
0: like just a sheer pleasure to watch. Oh, I forgot the other major 2007ness of this movie is the parkour shit. Why did that go away? I fucking love. Parkour. It's so corny. That's so you. It's Why? so fucking annoying. Oh, shut up! Why is it corny to watch people like actually Wait, jump holy around? Shit. Len Wiseman married Kate Beckinsale for, like, 15 years. I did not know that. Okay. No. Um In uh, In Punisher Warzone, when he uh, grenade murders the parkour guy, I thought that's the best fuck-off to that entire thing. Here's the thing. Parkour, whatever. I admit parkour is cool. Everyone likes parkour. Parkour in movies is so aughts-specific and so, like, inextricably tied to the movies of that era that including that in your movie is immediately – like just the, but, the, it's like that's only come on.
1: because it stops happening. Like they could have been inventing the newest way. It's in the same way. So they you're ju- saying parkour
0: I'm, only should have developed in complexity like I'm, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. in a linear manner alongside film. I'm that's saying film like developed,
1: so should of parkour. We talked earlier in another series about how I think it was in the Pi verse how Judd Apatow basically reshaped the way comedies were made. Com- comedies were scripted. Comedies were shot. And I feel like they were all leaning on parkour being the next big development in action movies. And I wonder if it came out like early aughts so that CGI was also competing with parkour and CGI is ultimately cheaper and easier to do because you're not relying on like six athletes to do all your stunt work for you. But I just really wish that parkour had continued even in the smaller sense because I fucking love it, man. Parkour, parkour, parkour.
0: That's so on brand for you. It's ridiculous. Though you, you lead me to what I was going to say behind the scenes stuff. Great. Between 200 and 250 stunt people were used in this movie. I, Bruce I Willis' stunt double, Larry Rip and Kroger, was knocked unconscious died. and he fell 25 feet from a fire escape to the pavement, broke his face, broke his ribs, collapsed his the wrists. lungs, fractured both wrists. And they were like, OK, maybe that's a bit much. Maybe that's a bit much. <laughs> that guy got fucked up. And then Willis, as, as if in revenge for his brutal sexism, Maggie <laughs> Q's stunt double kicks him in the fucking face, which owns, above his right eye. Yeah. And uh, apparently Weisman's like, yeah, you can see Bone, bro. You can see Bone. But but Willis is like, yeah, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. You Classic. can see Bone. He got seven stitches.
1: <laughs> fucking idiot.
0: So I'm just saying, we, sometimes we talk about these movies, and I'm like, what went into this? That. Did, did Larry Rippenkroger need to pancake himself for live free or die hard i don't know i mean he he
1: got paid i almost became a stunt man and i would have done it i would have like you
0: almost became a stunt
1: man i haven't told you this
0: you almost became a
1: stunt man josh i had a choice i was homeless jobless living in maine trying to figure out what i wanted to do with my life i applied to hampshire college And I was significantly considering moving out to California to become a stuntman.
0: Okay. So just to be clear, your definition of almost became a stuntman is you briefly considered... It wasn't brief.
1: Did I say brief? How long was it? It was months. I was talking to people in the industry. My dad knew someone who was doing that work. I talked to him. My mom actually taught someone whose dad was a stuntman. You so know, my co- uncle
0: works at Nintendo, so I've actually played the next Pokemon game already. I can't let you do it because it's like proprietary, but I have played it already. How is it? My uncle works for Nintendo.
1: No, no, how is it? How is the game?
0: Oh, it's it's so awesome! You're gonna love it.
1: Where do you throw those balls around?
0: There's ball throwing for sure.
1: Yeah. What's your favorite little well, guy of the balls? No, oh, no, the, no.
0: The the Pokemon's. Yeah, the little the um, monsters, Pokemon. Oh, there's so many new ones. I couldn't even pick one. But like, you're can gonna. You, can you tell me some of their names? Uh, and go to jail? Uh, no. My uncle signed an NDA at Nintendo where he works. Did you sign an NDA? No, but I'm not going to fucking throw family. Look, blood is thicker than water. You ever heard that saying? Wait, is this
1: the free bird uncle? You can throw a fucking yeah. free bird uncle under My the uncle bus. My uncle
0: owns. He turned me on to Classic Rock. And because he works at Nintendo, I get to play the Pokemon games before anyone else does. But I can't, I can't let you see him.
1: I'm just saying, Josh, that I almost didn't meet you. And I almost became a stunt person.
0: So you could have been Rippen Kroger. You could well, have been fucking Rippin' Larry Rippin' Kroger, pancaking your face and lungs for Bruce Willis in this movie.
1: This would have been yeah, like no, this was that was I was this is post Rippen Kroger. He's probably dead by then.
0: Is he still dead? Is he alive? What is he still dead? He appears to be alive. Um, he was visited by. <laughs> 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 okay. You, wow. This is here is everything on Larry Ripper Kroger's Wikipedia. No birth date. No death date. No biological information other than he's a U.S. citizen. His job is a stunt double. He was previously a jet ski champion. Um, his only cool. the only paragraph besides that line is about live free or die hard, where he pancaked himself for Bruce Willis. Uh, Willis paid for the hotels for his parents who were visiting their flattened son <laughs> while he lay comatose. <laughs> com- and, <toasting. laughs> and he was also visited by Josh Duhamel and James Kahn, who ha- he Why? had worked with and for in other series.
1: Okay. Wow. So
0: Josh and, and Jimmy Kahn himself, yes, Jimmy Kahn of Brian's Song cool. and The Rain People, Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> showed up to us. Uh, to cheer on Larry while he slurped up like a fucking probably a soylent equivalent through a straw because his face was broken.
1: Well, this was like one of the main reasons why I thought, I mean, yes, being a stuntman requires no skills other than being able to fall over. So that's a plus because I have no skills. Okay,
0: so I'm sorry. Just to be clear, based on your expertise, as a guy who almost became – I actually almost became one of the Navy SEALs who took out bin Laden. Really? I was talking to people on forums. I was like, man, it would be so fucking sick if I could just fucking kill the 9-11 guy. And they were like, fuck yeah, bro. That would be so sweet. I was thinking about it for a while. I almost did it. Why not? I like almost. So you're saying it's that men are talentless hacks that anyone can just stumble into? Is your, uh, your 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 uh, your little ode to the craft? That was of a stunts? that was a throwaway
1: ode. My main point was that I was hoping you called a throwed a throwed uh, through my throat Not having skills, I could enter into a world where I could have to go to the hospital and get visited by Bruce Willis's and James Cons. You know, sort of like in a. Uh, um. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I could be the guy that drives around my sad, drunken, awful man. Why are you giving me that look?
0: This what You're such a... Okay, I get what you're doing here, but I think What's you're wrong? mostly insulting stunt people. Yeah, wh- who gives a shit? I do, because they're getting pancaked out there right and left. <laughs> well, one, they could beat the shit out of you. Are you kidding me? Not the pancaked ones. Not the pan... Yeah, admittedly... Rip and Croaker, circa 2006, was not doing much. Not doing much, um, despite how grim and blood-soaked the behind-the-scenes were. This is the first yes. PG-13 one, which great, is yeah. weird. It more seems like it's missing something than anything else. Like it doesn't feel like that. Like it's quite violent, but there is like as I think we're talking about how this the, the violence the violence seems cartoonish. And without impact, because maybe it's missing that other level that an R could have provided.
1: Yeah. And like I, I read some article or some interview with Bruce being like, I was really worried that this was going to be shitty because they were just like making it a PG 13. I really want to say fuck more, whatever. Like that's all they take out is just him saying motherfucker.
0: Well, and blood. There's like so much less visceral like the, viol- the violence is very kinetic and smooth which is why I don't like it as much as the other ones but it's not as like bloody and that maybe that's like honestly probably why the tint the horrible horrible cinematography tinting happens is to make the blood less red which is probably part of the rating system and I think that's a huge mistake hmm. um, D- did you read a Bruce's evaluation of the movie?
1: Well yeah I read that he was like worried that because they were changing the rating like changing the movie to get a specific rating it was going to suck but this, this is his favorite one this is his favorite it's, Die It's hard movie.
0: unbelievable. I just saw it last week. I personally think, comma, and I'd love to hear how long the pause was there. It's better than the first one. And it must be really rough to be at a point in your career where you have to just say things that you know not to be true because you're like, this is the game. I'm going to say Live Free or Die Hard is better than Die Hard. I get it. I'm, I've been around the block a few times. I'm just trying to – just well, trying to bring home what was probably a huge fucking paycheck.
1: I mean, to bring this back to number one, and I am i don't think I'm reticent to do it this episode. I think we're in a place. We've talked a little bit off No, pod. I
0: asked you not no, to do No, we're not do doing this. that. I'm just
1: saying I'm going to bring up one. Okay. And I know that it's not going to cause a huge problem because we have a plan. I'm not going to tell, you, I'm not going to tell the listeners what the plan just is.
0: pretend for a minute like you're good at this and just okay. say a thing. Okay. Well, I, would,
1: I was about to be done saying that, but you interrupted me. So maybe you pretend okay because you alluded know, to something that
0: we said we're gonna do in the next episode and you were like so, it's so i'm little not tease. crazy it'll get them oh, in i'll get them listening oh yeah a listener we're going to talk about stuff in the next yeah. episode get excited we have a
1: plan we Josh, we never have a Holy plan shit
0: that's not true this whole thing is pretty well sketched out
1: yeah well right, go ahead
0: heck? just now you've just do it now
1: that i've now that i've yeah no, talk, no about that the first I've movie.
0: talk about Die Hard
1: I thought it would be fine but now apparently just even like mentioning the first talk one sets about you off
0: fucking, hey Len Wiseman's going to direct the John Wick female centric spinoff film called Ballerina oh,
1: Jesus Christ you said um, that um, I don't remember anymore
0: first movie you're not afraid to go back I'm, we afraid, must to, go I'm back. afraid
1: to go back Josh no
0: it's fine I just thought you were going to talk about the other thing no I'm not
1: going to talk about the fucking other thing okay, okay
0: go ahead go ahead hit me up what we got what we got
1: <sighs> thanks that's encouraging yeah yeah so yeah, we we were talking about I don't even remember to be honest so like so much went into like fighting you off just then that like I have no idea what I was talking about
0: well look you're kind of being a Justin Long right now
1: I know that's and, like and
0: by the end of the movie he learns how to be a Bruce Willis okay yeah so I'm gonna quote the movie and this is a line my dad cracked up at when I saw it in theaters. <laughs> I'm, you're going to need to dig down and bring up a bigger set of balls. Your dad okay? likes that shit? My dad laughed at that. I think it was because, you know, Mary Elizabeth, uh, Kelly Parker, uh, Ramona Flowers says it, and it's always funny when younger people say, like, oh, tough guy, tough stuff, like, yeah, get, get your big balls on, baby, little Daisy Duke, baby well, boy.
1: Who, wait, who who's talking, she was talking about Justin's balls or Bruce's yeah, balls? Yeah, remember,
0: she's like, I'm going to, she's talking, she's talking to Justin. She's like, you need to get, get them big old balls out.
1: Yeah, no, I, 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 I honestly don't imagine. I cannot imagine Justin's balls. I'm trying right now, and he's just like I a, could see
0: him a, being smooth like a Kendall. Right. Honestly,
1: like I, he is, he is one of those people that I find charming, mm. endearing, mildly attractive, but not in a sexual way. I don't have any sexual feelings towards the Justin Long. I just have like, as I said earlier, if there was like a contest to get to be Justin's friend. I would enter said contest and hope to win it, but not in order to get closer to him so I could have sex with him, just so that we could just, like, you know, chat.
0: Well, no, I, I too, would love to hang out with Justin Long. He seems like a lovely person. Like, I think about, like, uh, Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell, like, two people who I cannot for the life of me sexualize being married. Oh, weird. They're just both very, like, they look like cartoon people. I'm not trying, not in a mean way. No, no, no. I'm not trying to be mean either. I think it's just, like... No one's being mean. We are not we're ugly people. Justin calm down yeah uh okay so you alluded to, to Star Wars earlier we've got to talk about it he's the digital Jedi I'm talking about the warlock
1: Wait, he's the digital Jedi
0: remember uh that's what Justin Long he says I know a guy he's a digital Jedi
1: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> that whole sequence a long, a long sigh leading into discussion of a Kevin Smith cameo definitely feels right so there was this I, I we talked
1: about it a little bit earlier but like Kevin wanted to, he like wrote so many lines apparently for his brief cameo in this movie and the same attitude that Bruce Willis treats him as John McClane on screen, threatening him to murder him was like basically his response being like, Kevin, I will kill you if you do that. Please don't do that. Not even please do not do that or I will murder you.
0: It's too funny. It's too funny. No. Too funny. It's, it's too funny. It's fucking serious shit. Only I can Come be on. funny. It's Die Hard 4. Come on. Show up for this. You got to show up for this. Be a fucking professional. Uh, you want to la- laugh go make one of your fucking clerks but this is one of those
1: things that really pointed to how fucking far gone this movie was Is that it's a- again making fun of millennials like living in their parents basement which is i mean you did that it's something to make fun of somebody about it's a life well, choice also, we,
0: we live at a time where like the social security net the of uh, the, the chance for upward mobility in our society the fact that a generation before us has both just irrevocably destroyed the environment and stolen so much capital and hoarded it. And like, there's just slow little opportunity that like the old like oh they're living in their mom's base. it's like that now seems like so like tasteless and shitty because it's like yeah those opportunities have evaporated. Multi generational living is the most likely direction. Currently at my parents' house, is my brother and my cousin have moved in. Like wow,
1: I can't wait till I, I get to move in.
0: Oh, uh, to my parents' house? Yeah. Seems like the yeah, dream. Yeah, sure. You'd be welcome, I'm sure. Yeah. But like, like this, certainly from 2020, that aspect of it. One, like, oh, this Justin Long guy, you know, he believes all these crazy conspiracy theories. It's like, well, turns out most of those are true. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all oh, parents' basement. It's like. Fuck you, dude. Go listen to fucking Credence. And like, here a New York cop. No one can prosecute you. Your pension is fucking insane. He definitely makes six figures as a senior detective.
1: Yeah, he's back as like a detective now. That was like the biggest slap you to, like
0: slap you, slap, hey. me. slap me, slap me, slap, slap you. Die Hard three, slap, slap you.
1: Me. We're gonna take the drunken, smelly guy that's like about to get fired, about to get probably even prosecuted. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Hold on. Wait, that's John McClane, senior detective, who's been in the New York Police Department for 20 fucking years? King of police? Huh. That's a cool move. Fucking movie. This movie doubled down. And maybe this is what I was going to be talking about. We're like, it is so... I, oh, that's, this is... I figured it out. I'm back. Hey, Took a little while back. to get there, but I'm back. So, wait, I fucking forgot. Hold on. So it's right on the tip of my brain it's right on the tip of my brain you're not good yeah um, I think the reason why you were saying maybe Bruce was paid or coerced into saying that the fourth one was his favorite movie in the series I might posit that Die Hard 4 allows for John McClane to be the version that John McClane is in number one every man, savior, hero that gets to kill whoever he wants misogynize whoever he wants do whatever he wants and at the end of the day his daughter loves him and takes his name back and like this is one was strange and had lots of things he was trying to accomplish the only thing this movie is trying to accomplish is to get john McClane to be the hero of your movie and i, I wonder if that's why this actually might be bruce willis's favorite diehard movie
0: that's true. It does seem to, like, most directly just celebrate, like, in the least coherent manner, just, like, raw hero worship. And, you know, daddy, daddy, save me. Like, holy shit. This it's movie so irritating. is
1: basically 90 or 120 minutes of Bruce Walls calling Justin Long a pussy so that in the final minute, Justin Long could stop finally fucking being such a pussy and murder somebody for Christ's sake. Like, that's the, those are the, that's, like, the the arc of this movie is he saves his daughter and he treats finally teaches a pussy how not to be a pussy anymore.
0: Right and then speaking of like how compromised and, and boring this movie is. And again, still better than 2 somehow, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, because of parkour. Because of parkour, definitely because of the parkour of it all. You know, I'm pretty sure what in PG-13 you get one fuck you, right? Cuz we all saw the sequel to to what Get Shorty or whatever that horrible Yeah, I the, never the, saw the, it. the John Travolta he goes like Every PG thirteen movie gets one gets one F word, huh? You have to say about that? Fuck you, or what? It's it awful, really bad. But it was it, it was burned into my memory that that, that PG thirteen movies get one fuck. I think it might be fake. Well, they got away with it in that movie. Why couldn't you see it became motherfucker uncensored in a Die Hard movie? That's psychotic.
1: I don't know. I'm just saying. Like it seems like maybe that is the MPAA. But like to be like, okay, you get one. All right. You get one. You get one. Figure out where you want. Because one fuck, I mean, that can't, you know, cause any problems with people under 13 years old. Mm. But two? What's going to happen? We let two in? What do you, you think? Do you think two? We should get two in there? Maybe we should update the rules. Maybe Biden can at least do something in his term and get PG-13 Yes, yeah, sl-
0: Sleepy Joe, you wish. Two fucks.
1: I am going to make another petition. This is like the fifth one, I promise. I promise I'll do this one. Joe Biden, give us two fucks.
0: Okay, so two connections to other franchises outside of Die Hard in this. The first one is a little sweaty, but I'm going to run it by you. Uh, one of the many things that uh, John McClane says about Warlock, the digital Jedi himself, is fat bastard. <laughs>
1: So you think Bruce Willis just, like, ad-libbing nonsense, like, mean torture shit to a fat guy
0: is a direct reference to Austin Powers? I choose to believe that. Okay. Um, the second connection, did you catch this? In He's like, Justin Long, you play with dolls? What are you, gay? Yeah, I caught uh, it. <laughs> but one of, the, one of the dolls, so yeah. to speak, is a Terminator doll. I sure caught that, that one. He shoots shot it. Shot off a shelf. He shoots The it. connection is that... Um, the EP William Wisher Jr. and composer Marco Beltrami. Uh, Wisher co-wrote and appeared in the Terminator and Terminator Two, and Beltrami composed the score for Terminator Three. So, a little Wiseman Lenny Len Len was like, "I'll do a little bit of wink to my pals Billy and Marco," and that's definitely a thing. Also, he spliced a single shot of Kate Beckinsale into the movie, which is weird. That's fucked up. Mm. Which part? There's like a single still of her spliced into... Kind of a where? uh, According to this... Like what moment? A single frame of director Len Wiseman's then-wife Kate Beckinsdale is spliced into the opening credits when the van is outside the exploding house. So fans, go back, rewatch Die Hard, Live Free or Die Hard, and you can find a single still, but one, of the great Kate Beckinsdale.
1: And you know what? Maybe if Biden's a real American hero, he'll give us two Beckinsdales in every pg-13 movie yeah
0: sleepy joe you wish um he's too sleepy can we talk christmas
1: i think it's time to talk christmas
0: uh what why would we talk christmas in this movie there's not there is not famously not a single not a single crimbus reference and that's what movie. i'm talking
1: that's what i'm talking about not one they're,
0: okay. they're they're trying to conquer new ground and this Where is what now, I, an independence day based franchise
1: and this is what? How many years after Independence Day came out? I mean, like a, a, a decade? too late. Yeah. Len is always too late. That was 98, probably. I, think, I feel like everything came out in 98. All movies were released in 98. I, I, that's how I feel sometimes. Right, hey. Today, I feel that way. I think we all feel that way Tomorrow, sometimes. I'll let you know. I, I, I'm just saying he, he's, he's too late to the hacker program. He's too late to the Independence Day program. He's definitely too late to the Christmas program. Len is a fucking hack, and I'm going to say it on this program. He's not on the fuck-off list, like some of our other hated people, but he just sucks. This is, like, the purpliest This should have been a vampire movie. This felt like this should have been a vampire movie.
0: Well, the thing with a vampire movie is that, like, you don't... It's kind of fun to get sort of, like, whooshed around, like, in Blade or what have you. Yeah. Because, you know, it's fantastical. We're in the magical realm of beasts and such. You know, but if it's, like, a, a gritty cop movie, yeah, like, I'm gonna need some grip on reality to sell the entire premise of it
1: it was so glossy so purple so like white and gray and just like it looked like shit can you explain to me even what happens at the like the thing they go they drive to a thing
0: uh who cares the, the, no but i think like, i want uh, okay I the, the government hear... built a place where in the event of emergency it, it it's it dumps all of the the country's financial information into one location, Woodlawn. And yeah. Timothy Oliphant built Woodlawn. It's like, guys, by the way, FYI, I did a Death Star, whoopee! And they're like, shut up, you're an idiot. We don't like you. Please leave. And he was like, okay, cool. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna steal. I'm gonna rob it because I know I can. Yeah, you could. that's the whole movie. It's not good.
1: So they they drive out to this place, which looks like a just like a
0: electrical like water treatment facility it is one of the least interesting spaces imaginable right. and i think like, that's the, my we, we point. complain about the airport and mini yes. church in two which is sucks but like this is also like so faceless and textureless that it's like you could have just gone around the corner and it would have the same impact i feel like in, exactly i feel like
1: in two it's all contained within the the airport except for the church but like we've also all been to an airport so at least if it feels lax and weird and goopy at least you can be like, oh, this is sort of familiar to me. This like they drive for hours to go. Like when they were sitting around writing the script, like, all right, you know what's going to be real cool and really keep the people invested in the story is to drive to Jersey to go to a place that doesn't feel real at all.
0: Yeah, it sucks. It's, it it, it's sucks. a huge problem. Now, here's the even more heartbreaking stuff. It could have been Cal Penn as Justin Long. He he was considered for the role. It Who? could have been Rob Hubel, which Who? is harder to imagine, but still interesting. Eli Roth turned down this movie. <laughs> Tony – which is – that's – What eesh. was he going to be? Hostile Part 2. He's going to direct it. He directed Hostile Part 2 instead of this. Oh, oh to be the uh, director. It's Tony like, Jaw was rumored as being in this movie. That like cool. I genuinely think there's like a version of this movie that's a lot more interesting, and it's a little heartbreaking that this movie – is such a disappointment. Though I will say, again, like the car hitting the helicopter, when he shoots himself to kill Olafant, that is cool and a good bit.
1: You think so? I can't tell if I'm I thought being that was. I'm
0: being dead serious. That's a good bit.
1: You like that shit? Holy shit. Li-
0: Britney Spears auditioned to be Lucy McLean. That would have been oh. like awesome.
1: That would have been fucking sick. Maybe she would have had a little number.
0: Yeah, yeah there should have been like a music video the, right in the middle of this. <laughs> uh, but no, I, 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 I think that's cool. I think it
1: would be cool if it weren't played off to be like every single man out there is not nearly the man I am I will kill people through myself if I have to because I am made of just like blood I'm just a bag of blood
0: no no but I think that taps into like the violent nihilism of John McClane in a weirdly more honest way than the rest of the movie because this movie he kind of like Ethan Hunt's for most of the movie you really feel like it's it's very mission impossibly really yeah that's a moment where it's like that is some, like, self-sabotaging, self-destructive, insane so, so you, John I McLean disagree
1: should. because it doesn't actually destroy or sabotage him. And I think that's how it, it's played off in the movie. Like, if it were played off earlier, and we could see its effect on him, but it's, like, literally, he's like, oh, I'm fine. It's, it's but a scratch. My he fa- has to say
0: that. He's John McClane. He's a man. Men don't complain. Millennials do. My favorite,
1: maybe my favorite moment in the movie, and you can tell me if this, even something you noticed, but very end he's in an ambulance and as the ambulance is taking it off he tells the driver to the hospital as though he is in a taxi cab
0: you could drop me off here
1: it was amazing it's like john mcclain can't even be like left to get a ride to the hospital in an ambulance he still has to be mansplaining everything his entire life oh by the way i need to go to the hospital it's like, yeah, of course you do. I'm the ambulance driver, which I only go to the hospital.
0: Yeah, where else would we be going, you fucking presumptuous dick? Jesus. A um, couple other things. We're getting towards the end here. Sam Jackson at one point was rumored to come back as Zeus Carver. So now I'm just thinking about the movie where John, Zeus, and his daughter, Brittany, are all just fucking screaming at Cal Penn, who's freaking out. And that sounds awesome. And they're fighting Tony Jaw. That sounds fucking sick. See, but we already get we already get a Cyril. I don't I don't need a
1: jaw if I have a Cyril.
0: That you're an idiot and a fool. I'll take
1: both a jaw and a Cyril.
0: I'm back to when will it end? This this is starting to feel extraneous. I will tell you the rancid smell of death hangs thick over the fifth movie.
1: <sighs> I saw it very recently, and I remember not like when I say very recently, I mean in the last like three years. So long ago that I have no idea what happens. But all I know is that I remember absolutely hating
0: it. I'm pretty sure that would make you one and the same with the rest of the world.
1: Yes. And like, this is, I don't know why we did Die Hard. It's only been like making us not have fun together.
0: I don't know. Three three was really great. I loved right. that.
1: I'm embarrassed to have said not asking when will it end at this point. It makes me, but like being sick embarrassed. Just,
0: like, that's part of life—is to just be humiliated, you know? Yeah, shame and is, and that's okay. Useful. Shame is the mo- is like sort of everything I know. Um, okay, so we agree on that. That's good. This was the most financially successful of the series, which is interesting. Made almost four hundred million dollars at the box office. Lots of lots of cash there. Um, let's wrap this up with our MVP picks. Somewhat of a scant option. I can. I know what yours is. It's Cyril the Parkourman. No. No, you just spent, you just sort of like fucking waxing rhapsodic about
1: the majesty
0: of Cyril. Josh. What? Do You know nothing about me. I know well too much about you. Our listeners know too much about you.
1: Yes, you know my MVP picks very well. You know that it is someone that I think, well, man, maybe you're right. Maybe it's Cyril.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I don't know. I mean, I feel like Cyril doesn't have anything to do with the story. You could get rid of Cyril, and I was about to say the movie would be the same, but honestly, honestly, if I asked me down deep, would I have quietly to myself whispered, parkour, every time he jumped around?
0: No, because he wouldn't be jumping around if he were gone. Were you just like screaming at Amy every time parkour happened, like, Amy, you got to see this, he's jumping. Dude, like,
1: uh, ma- yes, you know what? You are right. You know me better than I know myself. I award MVP to Cyril because remember when he's in the pipe and he just, like, falls effortlessly through pipes, grabs another pipe, grabs a gun, and shoots Bruce Willis? I want to do all those things.
0: I think we all do. I think we all do. We all, yeah, In Cyril a way, we all rules. long to be Cyril.
1: Cyril follows the long line of my MVPs that without them, the movie would be nothing. Right. Specifically Jerry from 3. Oh, on we from Stan
0: Jerry. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Lucy Gennaro McLean. She is mistreated by the script, but her performance is interesting. She clearly brings a lot of presence to whatever she does i'm a big fan uh i wish i think she knocks a lot of those lines out of the park i wish the character was not uh, uh treated the way it's treated but hey what are you gonna do baby we're in Die Hard town and just imagining a britney spears lucy jennaro mclean uh elevates that entire concept to a level that no one else does so uh mazel tov to lucy we love lucy i liked it this
1: is like also in a long line of MVP picks for you where it's just for the, the people that you feel worst for, for having to endure working on set in this shit movie.
0: Well, you know, uh, people, you know, actors, they always go like, look, even when I'm up at 4am to spend all day in an ice cold water tank, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting paid to play. Okay. I'm the lucky, I'm the luckiest person. That's obviously bullshit. It clearly sucks to be an actor it seems like it just destroys you inside and out. And you see people go through this stuff where they know what they're doing is beneath them and they still do a great job. And Mary, a tip of the old hat to you. Yeah. And Charles, with that, let's uh, let's bid a fond farewell. We've got one more Die Hard to go, baby. Do
1: you think it's even going to be a Christmas movie
0: anymore? Well, again, the trivia for this said it's the only one that doesn't reference Christmas. And if it's as uh, conceptually bankrupt as it sounds like, I'm certain they go back to that well.
1: Well, it takes place in Russia too, where it's always Christmas all the time. Oh,
0: but it's the wrong kind of Christmas. It's the, <laughs> it's the weird Soviet Christmas, yeah. or the, the the funky Eastern Orthodox one, not the good old-fashioned mom and pop and ham around the table watching football or I, you know, whatever Goyim mm. do on Christmas.
1: So I'm gonna be uh, speaking of ham. I'm making a vegan ham that no one will be eating except for myself. Sounds about right. Yeah, they they texted the group house text group being like so can we get a ham for christmas and i i don't know it made me feel weird to be i don't care that they eat ham around me but i i do sort of care about being invited to discuss ham
0: charles they were being polite for christ's sakes do not make this some sort of weird vegan victimization moment well not to me
1: it's not polite to to talk about flesh animal flesh to me inviting me to i don't know plan around it
0: but animal flesh is a part of our culture and to, to pretend that it doesn't exist feels like a weird... I'm
1: not pretending it does, that's what I just said. I don't care if they eat it in front of me. I don't care if they talk about it in the kitchen while I'm there. But there's just something a little weird about, you know, having a text group where I feel like this is a safe place for me to be a part of a text group and just suddenly have ham talk thrown in there. You're acting like, like a real
0: Justin Long right now. Uh, <laughs> I think if, they, if they'd hidden ham. it from me, you'd be like, well, you're hiding, the, you're hiding the ham from old Charles? Why are you playing hide the ham with Charles? I can take the ham.
1: I can't take the ham, I'm sorry. I, I'm a real Justin Long.
0: Next week, Die Hard Five, please. Whatever it's called. Subscribe to the Patreon. I watched part of Tenet on my phone. It's cool. Sucked. Oh no! Don't hit your mic. Are you recording? Yeah. Well, good. We got to keep that in.
1: Yeah. Some we haven't had a nice pre-roll in a little while.
0: Well, you know, everyone likes a little pre-roll. Every, I don't know if our listeners know, but pre-roll is that we know the levels are set. Yeah, that's that's what I use it for too. And that way, there's you know, they always say in college you got to trim the top and the tails. What does that mean? Just usually there's bullshit at the beginning and end of any record that's not. Uh, <laughs> oh, I would just leave that part shit of the in. thing. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Are you ready? All right. Ready, you are?
1: Yeah, yeah. Count it, count it.